Let's open to uh, Romans the 10th chapter and the 13th verse. Romans the 10th chapter and the 13th verse. It says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, it's talking about the name of the Lord Jesus, you know, shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Notice the 15th verse says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Titling this message today, Beautiful Feet. Beautiful Feet. You know, when any of us take the good news of Jesus to someone who has never heard it, the Bible says our feet become beautiful. And so we're talking about beautiful feet. And uh, as many of you know that last week, I went on my first mission trip. My first mission trip. Now, we have given thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars as a church over the many years, tens of thousands of dollars over the many years, we've given to missions. And that's good. But last week, I, I actually went on my first trip, and I went to Costa Rica. And, you know, I was thinking my feet last week became beautiful to the people that I ministered to in Costa Rica. Now, you don't have to go to Costa Rica for your feet to be beautiful. You can go next door. Is that right? But whenever you carry the gospel, the good news of Jesus to someone, your feet become beautiful. And actually, we brought back some pictures for you. And I just have four or five of these. I, I didn't think you'd want to look at all 20 or 30 of them. So uh, have you ever been over to somebody's house and they pull the pictures out? You know, there's one or two or three or four is fine, but they have 50 or 60. But this is the church that I ministered in in Costa Rica last week. And uh, as you can see, it's, uh, it's, it's a very humble building. Uh, and there's no screens on the, on the top part of it there, so just anything can fly in. And, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so it was a little different experience. But you have to remember, I used to teach junior high school years ago. So I'm, you know, it take a lot to throw me off, you know. But uh, that was the building. Now, one thing I noticed about the people that we ministered to, they didn't have a whole lot. But what they did have, they took care of. What they did have, they took care of. Uh, anyway, that was a church we ministered in. Now let's go to the next picture. I don't know how well you can see that, but that was, uh, that, that was in the morning. I ministered in the evening. And uh, as you can see, the, the seats there, and, and uh, those were the pews, you know. And that's taken from the pulpit area the, 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 where you preach from, you know, the stage. As you can see along the sides, that's open. So anything can, like I said, fly in, mosquitoes or whatever. And, and then the next picture, and that's the back of the, the service, the night that I ministered. I minister, ministered there last Saturday evening. And then the next picture was me uh, standing there in a pulpit. And uh, the person on my 
right there. Your left is Rolando. He was the uh, interpreter. That's the first time I'd ever preached with an interpreter. And they said I did pretty good for the first time. And so I was glad of that. And, but that is a different experience. And then the next picture is just I was ministering uh, afterwards. Uh, the uh, fellow there in the middle, that's me there in the orange shirt. And then uh, I'm ministering to the pastor there. I was just sharing something with him. And then I went, the guy on the left in the blue plaid shirt there, far left, is Terry House. He's the pa- uh, pastor there at uh, 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 Victory Church in, in Peevely. And, and actually, he invited me to go on this mission trip. And he's been doing mission trips for the last 25, 30 years. He's been all over the world. And it was an honor that he would invite me to go and allow me to minister and preach. And so, anyway, uh, uh, that is the, uh, uh, that, that, that's just a little bit of the trip. So just wanted to share that with you. But I will say this, that you can't really understand the importance of missions until you actually go on a mission trip. Uh, and, and that's really the truth of the matter. I have had countless people tell me about missions and mission trips over the last many years. And I, I would always sit and I would respectfully listen to them. And yeah, uh-huh, that's, you know, is that wonderful? That's nice. They're doing a great work but I'd never been on one myself. And I tried to understand what these people, as they would tell me about missions over the last many years, I tried to understand what they were saying. And, but, you know, you really can't understand it until you go and you're actually there. And so I've been and I've actually been there and I have a better understanding now of, uh, uh, of the importance of missions and I have a better understanding of the life of a missionary uh, just for that one trip I went on, it really opened my eyes, and it opened my eyes in such a way that, that you, you just have to go on one. Uh, to, to, I was only gone for three days, but I see it completely and totally differently than I ever have before. Look, if you would, at 2 Corinthians 11.23. 2 Corinthians 11.23. We're going to pick up midway through the verse, and we're going to look at, just read some things about the Apostle Paul, who is perhaps the greatest missionary of all time, the Apostle Paul, and uh, his feet were beautiful, you know, because he carried the gospel, uh, you know, as a missionary, and uh, as I read these verses, they mean more to me now than they ever have in the past, they mean far more to me now, picking up midway through that 23rd verse, he says, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, that means that they whipped him. In, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. I mean, they beat him at many times, at least once we know of. He said now often here, so perhaps more than, evidently more than once, they beat him to the point of death. Remember that one time there, I believe it was in Lister, they beat him and left him for dead. Remember that? The disciples gathered around him, prayed for him. He raised up and went right on preaching, didn't he? From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. That, that means he was beat. 39 lashes on five different occasions. Think of that. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. You see, uh, shipwrecked. To, to take the gospel, you have to travel. You have to travel. Even if it's traveling next door, you still have to travel. But he traveled a lot. And he was said right here, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. That means out in the sea. In journeys often, many journeys, 
perils of waters, you know, trouble at sea. Perils of robbers, think of that, perils of robbers. Perils of my own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, says it again. In perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often. Many times he didn't get a very good night's sleep. In hunger and thirst, didn't have enough food at times or enough to drink. Fastings often, cold, nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Now you see Paul's feet were beautiful and we see the, the life that he had as a missionary there and some of the things he went through. Now I've been reading these verses for years. And I've actually stood in this pulpit and read them to you for years. But I have a far different, just, just being gone three days. We were going to be gone five, but Terry House's wife had some uh, health problems and we had to come back early. But she, she's doing just fine. And so we're, we're glad of that. But, uh, but just in those three days that I was gone, I, I see these verses completely and totally differently than I ever have. Um, you know, for your feet to be beautiful, you have to do some traveling, you know. And uh, just kind of share my experience. Uh, to travel, first of all, you have to have a passport. How many has got a passport in here? Well, you're not going to leave the country without a passport. And that takes a good while to get the passport. And then you have to pack. And now on this particular trip that I went on, uh, he said to me, he said, Terry House, that he's been doing this 25 some odd years, this was my first trip. He said, you know, bring some electrical, uh, some extension cords, bring a power strip because he said most of the rooms in the hotels just have one outlet, you know. And so you have to plug in the one outlet and then run the extension cord from the outlet over to the, uh, uh, you know, to the restroom or wherever you're going to be shaving or wherever you're going to need electric. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, the missionaries that we met down there uh, at least one couple was telling me about uh, for him to have hot water in his uh, restroom where, where he and his wife live. And I got to go over to their house and I actually saw it in the restroom in the shower. They have hooked up. If they want hot water, they have to run electric to it. And they call it a widow maker. Now I was wondering what that meant. And he says, he said to me, he said, Pastor Terry, he said, if you go in there and you don't handle things just right, he said, if you touch the wrong thing in there to get hot water, because of the way the electrics run, he said, you, can, you know, if I don't handle it just right, I can make my wife a widow just that quick. You, you see what I'm saying? Now, you know, I mean, and I saw the apparatus that was in there, and for him to have hot water, you know, he's got to fool with this, what they call a widow maker, and it's the way the electrics run through his shower. He, he said it's either that or just take cold showers all the time. So, you know, uh, it, it, it was very interesting. But you see, to travel, I had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, that wasn't a whole lot of fun. And then we had to go to the airport, and we had to catch a flight. And, uh, and all the flights were wonderful and fine and good. And, uh, but you've got to think, the early church didn't have jet planes, did they? I said the early church didn't have jet planes. Didn't Paul, he went on foot a lot, didn't he? He went on foot. And he went in boats a lot of times. And boats don't go as fast as planes. And it took him weeks and weeks to get where he needed to go. It took me 
the way we went through Atlanta and then to Costa Rica, it took me about five, five and a half hours on the jet. But actually, when you add it all up, because you want to know the exact minutes that I was on the jet, I can tell you. <laughs> three and a half, four and a half, about, let's see, three and a half, four and a half, about five hours on the jet. Can you th just think about how long that would take if you had to go there by boat or walk or drive? I mean, it opened my eyes. Like I said, I can tell you all this, but it, it won't mean the fullest to you until you actually go on one of these things. So just humor me and, and, and try to put yourself in the position that, that I was in, and I learned a lot in just three days. But the Apostle Paul and the, the people who went in the early church, they didn't have jet planes, and they had to go, you know, in boats and on foot. And uh, so anyway, we landed in Costa Rica, and, uh, and Terry House told me, he said, he, said, uh, he said, the travel just goes downhill from here. And I said, what are you talking about? And I found out very quickly, now if you're visiting, visiting today, normally I, I, we're just scriptures and I teach you the word of God, but today I just felt it's important that I just share with you some of the things I learned. Is that okay for one day? Okay. But if you're visiting, I want you to know I normally would just write in the Bible just verse after verse and whatnot. But I, this is important to share with you. But he said travel go, just goes downhill from here. And I didn't know what he meant in, until we got out on the roads of Costa Rica. And I'm going to tell you what, the people driving on those roads are crazy. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it in my life. There are no street signs. Roads have no names. They have no mail system because you can't mail to anybody's house because there's no road names. No roads have names. And, and the roads are, are, are much, much, they're two-lane roads, and they're very, very narrow, and you can just barely get two cars to pass one another. And many of the roads are, are gravel, and then many of them have chuck holes or potholes and it's so bad, some of the roads, they, you know, you say you have potholes in the road. A lot of them said they have roads in the potholes because that's how many potholes. But the roads, some of the roads we were on were, were pretty, pretty well and nice, but, but everybody drives like they're crazy. And, and I'm telling you, there's bicycles on, on, on the roads and people walking. And, and when you get up close to somebody, people don't move. They just... And, and so anyway, we drove to the Limon province, and we're going down the road, the two-lane road, and you got these big dole trucks, because the dole, you know, the pineapples and the Chiquita bananas, and all, got these Big Mac trucks driving down the road going, going this way. And by the way, they pass over there all the time. I mean, you've got people passing, and, 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 and I'm sitting there, and, and I'm in the back seat, and it's unbelievable, and I'm freaking out, you know, and I'm... And I'm, and I'm trying to put the brake on, but there's no brake in the second seat, and, 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 and we're driving down the road, and, and uh, we've got these big Mack trucks, I mean, just one right after the other, and, and uh, you know, I got to thinking, you know, I, I, those of you who know me, you know, I don't really care to fly in the jets, <laughs> but after, if you want to get free of fear of flying, all you need to do is go drive with these Costa Ricans for a while. And after about 20 minutes on that road to the Limon province, I mean, I was cured of, of fear of flying. I mean, 
if you can put me on the jet anytime, I, I ride on the jet. Because these people are crazy because you see you've got these Mack trucks, one right after another. And you've got to think about it. All these people that are driving, I would say that probably uh, uh, if you take a 14-year-old inexperienced driver over here, that's probably about what you have. And then we're going about 85 miles an hour. And if just anything goes wrong, it's over. And not only that, but it's kind of like if you went to Six Flags and you got on the fastest, most dangerous roller coaster out there, and then you ramped it up about 10 times faster than it should go, and then you take all the safety features off of it, and then you just turn it on and you just let it run all day long. That's kind of like what the roads are down there. And you can't understand what I'm saying unless you're actually there. And Terry House was sitting in the front seat, and I said, you probably won't get this, but I'll try it anyway. Because, I, I mean, we're just... I mean, we're just and I mean, we're passing vehicles and these, these big trucks and right next to us. I mean, you could re- reach out the window and touch them. And, and I said, what's it like sitting in the front seat, you know, where the window went down all the way where you could push? He said, well, you know, it's a, it's a new experience to be able to actually literally feel the cars as you pass them. And there was paint. Actually, there's a little paint on his, on his elbow that came off one of the cars. I'm just telling you, I'm not making that up. So it's very, so you want to go on a mission trip. Very interesting. And then they have mudslides over there and, you know, you can get stuck in an area and it can take, take days and days to get out if you're there in the rainy season. So that's a travel. And then uh, there's, there's this. When I went to, uh, I, I agreed to go on this mission trip and I met with Terry House, the, the fellow from uh, Peebley Church, and we sat down for lunch. He was going to kind of brief me on this mission trip. And he says, you have all your shots, don't you? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, well, if you're going to go to Costa Rica, you need this shot, and you need this shot, and you need that shot. And, and, and I hadn't had any shots. So I had to become a pin cushion and go get some immunizations. And then he said, by the way, do you have your malaria pills? And so I took some malaria pills. And then when we're down there, I'm down in Costa Rica, the one missionary's wife says, I, I hope that you don't get dinghy fever. And I said, what is that? And she says, well, it won't kill you, it just make you wish you were dead. And nobody told me about dinghy fever. And nobody told me about that. But fortunately, there wasn't an outbreak of it when I was there. So that's good. But, uh, you know, I've met some people, because see, it's travel, it, it, it travels through mosquitoes. And uh, I, you know, I've met some people over the years that looked to me like they'd been bit by that mosquito, you know, as they act dingy. <laughs> but it says it makes your bones all feel like they're going to break. And it's a horrible thing. It doesn't kill you. It just makes you wish you were dead. And, and, and there's no screens on the windows, at least the place I was. Some of the back of the hotel had screens, but the front didn't have screens. And, and, and I was in a, in, in a pretty decent hotel... But I had to stay drenched in, in uh, off the whole time because you don't want to get bit by a mosquito. And, uh, and, and, and also we're down there and we're driving in the car and you know we're going by all these things. It's unbelievable. Uh, Mack trucks and things and your life is actually hanging in the balance and you think I'm kidding but I'm not. And uh, as we're driving, the one missionary says to me, he says, you know, Pastor Terry... 
We have some of the most poisonous and dangerous snakes in all the world here in Costa Rica. And I'm thinking, why didn't anybody tell me about this before I came? And actually the week, that church that we showed you up there, the week before I was there, right in the middle of the service, an oversized huge iguana ran into the service while the pastor was preaching. And he said, they told me, they said they just picked the iguana up and played with him and passed him around for everybody in the congregation to look at. I don't know. I don't think I would have done that. I... But then also, too, so you've got to think about the, the disease, you know. And then you've got to think about the food and the water. You've got to think about the food and the water. You see, my doctor, because I went to get shots before I went, and, and he told me, he said, now, he said, now, Terry, he said, whatever you do, don't eat anything down there unless it's piping hot. And the missionaries all told me the same thing. And then they promised me that they wouldn't take me anywhere where I could get sick. Because you see, you can get a hold of some bad food and you can get very sick. And then they warned me not to drink the water. And they also warned me not to take any Diet Coke. And they do have Diet Coke down there, praise God. <laughs> Only it's called Coke Light. But it's very good. It tastes actually better than our Diet Coke. But they said you can't drink it with any ice. You see, so I was drinking, uh, I drinking it right out of the cold bottle. Or you can get very sick. But you see, you think about missions trips, and see, these are all things that 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 I've never really thought too much about before until you go on one. And you know, I got to thinking about something. Do you remember over there in Mark the 16th chapter when Jesus talked about? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Remember that? He said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes not shall be condemned. Remember that? He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Why don't we look that one up? I don't have that in my notes, but look that up. Mark the 16th chapter, right there at the end of the chapter. Let's look that up. These signs shall follow them that believe. What's the first verse there to help the person in the uh, sound booth back there? I'm... Mark what? Mark 16, what? 16, 15? All right, let's put that on the screen. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel to every creature. Now, now let, before we leave Mark 16, 15, he's talking about going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. So your feet has to be beautiful to do. I mean, your feet's beautiful when you do that. But now let's go to the next verse if we could. Notice this. He who believes is baptized be saved. He who does not believe be condemned. Then the next verse. And these signs will follow those who believe. Now I have a whole different view of these verses now. In my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. Let's go to the next verse. And they'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly it'll by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick. They will recover. The, the, the taking up of serpents and the drinking anything deadly that especially has a new meaning to me. Did you ever notice that that is in the context of going into all the world and preaching? Did you ever notice that? I finally noticed that more so now than ever before. See, that taking up serpents has nothing to do with being a church that snake handles. I've told you, if, if you bring a snake in here, I'm going to get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. I, 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 
I don't like snakes. But that's talking about, remember when Paul was on that mission trip? How many remembers that? And there was a shipwreck, you remember, uh, the shipwreck? Remember he was gathering sticks and remember that snake came out and fastened on his hand? How many remembers that? And he shook it off in the fire and no harm was done to him. Well, see, he was on a mission trip, wasn't he? Now, I'm not saying that you have to be on a mission trip for that to work for you, but I'm just saying it's interesting to me that that scripture is given in the context of going into all the world. And if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. You see, I went to Costa Rica, which is actually one of the friendliest places to go. And they told me, they said, Pastor Terry, you see how challenging it is here. Uh, they said, it, it, this is one of the friendliest places you can go. So just imagine going to a place where they don't have, you know, I mean, you know, you, you, you're either going to drink the water or you're not going to have anything to drink. So you're either going to die of thirst or you're going to drink the water and die of the amoebas in the water. So, I mean, that's a good scripture to hold on to, isn't it? See, so you see, up until now, I've always used that scripture in the context of just going up to the steak and shake and eating. Well, that would apply there too, I'm sure. But you see, this is in the context of going and doing what? And preaching the gospel. Isn't it good that God has given protection to missionaries? Amen? And then, you know, you think of the communication. And this, my eyes were really opened up on communication. See, when we were down, in, when I was down in Costa Rica, they had a cell phone and I could talk to my wife every day. I could pick the cell phone up and talk to her anytime I wanted to. And it was very nice because I love my wife and, and, and I'm not away from her very often, but I was away from her and I was uh, glad that I could talk to her. But you have to put yourself in the, in the shoes of the people in the days of the early church. Did they have cell phones back then? So, so Paul couldn't just pick the phone up. Or Peter, we know he had a wife. I mean, he couldn't just pick up the phone and call her, could he? And I was so thankful and I thought so much about the, uh, the, the apostles and the, the, the people of the early church in the days gone by who didn't have all these conveniences that we have, but yet they loved Jesus so much that they took the, they took the gospel out and, they, and, and they, they shared it. It's like that church I ministered in. I don't know if you could, could see the one picture, but the floor of that church that I ministered in was dirt. They didn't have a nice cement floor and carpeting like we have. It was just dirt. It was hard-packed dirt. And in the rainy season, it's mud, you see. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, it just made me so thankful for what we have here in the United States. The, the missionary told me, he said, Pastor Terry, he said, when you get back to the States, he said, you're going to want to get down on, the, on your hands and knees and kiss the ground. And you know what? He was right. I'm so thankful for this nation. I'm so thankful for what we have. And I tell you what, I can see that I've been totally and completely spoiled, you know. And, 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 and so I'm going to work on myself from now on to never take anything for granted. And I'm always going to think about the people, even more so than ever, that are less fortunate. Just think about uh, uh, having a church where, 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 where the floor is, is just is dirt. It's a dirt floor. And this church that I was at was one of the churches, at least they had some pews to sit on. There's many places there where they, they just sit in the dirt and listen to the gospel. I wonder how many people in the United States would go to a church where the floor was dirt and there was no place to sit down. It's interesting, isn't it? It'll really wake a person up. 
But the communication, I had a cell phone back in the days of the early church. They, they used couriers, remember? Couriers, and they'd send the word. They, they'd like, if I wanted to get a message to my wife and Brian was with me, I'd have to tell him what I'd want uh, my wife to know. And then I'd, or if I was down there and I want the church to have a message here, I couldn't just get on the phone and, and, and call. I, I would have to send him, and he'd have to make his way all the way back up here to deliver one message. Do you think about that? And so it's just opened my eyes. And then the protection, I want to talk to you about protection. When you go on a mission trip, you had better be sure that you have the protection of God on you or you're not going to live very long. Now, I know uh, where I went was a pretty friendly place, but there was there were some dangers there. The Apostle Paul had dangers, didn't he? Didn't we read just a while ago where he said he was among robbers? See, see, we think a lot of times about going to preach the gospel, but you've got to take all this other stuff into account, traveling and immunizations. And, and back in Paul's day, they didn't have shots for anything, did they? They just believed God. Is that right? Food, water, communication, protection. I mean, the places that I went to some of the missionaries' houses, they had bars. It was like going into a prison. That, that, I mean, to get to their front door, you had to go through a couple of sets of bars because they had to have these bars to keep the... Uh, 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 people coming in and breaking into their house, whether they're home or whether or, or whether they're not. And so, so you have to realize that that when you go on some of these trips, you can run into some very very unsavory uh, uh, characters. And I, I want to read this to you from uh, Lynn Crow. Now, this lady and, and her husband, they're in Mexico, correct? And, and we blessed her some time back, I think, with a heart's desire gift. But I want you to sit and listen. And like I said, if you're visiting, I seldom teach like this. I'm usually just teaching you the Word of God. But this is good for you, I think, to hear. How many is enjoying it so far? Uh, this, this was sent, actually, uh, uh, and, and just listen, just listen to a little of this. They live in Mexico, and they're missionaries to Mexico, so their feet are beautiful to Mexico. Just listen to a few paragraphs. Listen to this, talking about safety and protection. Well, I guess that you heard about the missionary couple that were attacked last week and the wife was killed. The attack took place about 120 miles from where we live, and it is between us and the border. Just one day before, in the same area, one of our pastors was coming in with his family and a couple of other people. He was stopped, and they demanded money from him. Things here in Mexico are very bad. Almost every day, I am receiving, receiving reports of major problems across Mexico. Just yesterday, I received an email from a missionary requesting pray for protection because there had been shootings in their city and 15 wounded and 7 killed. Everyone is concerned about traveling, see traveling, and very few people go anywhere at night. As you know, we must go to Brownsville just about every week to check about our office, check on our office, and so on. And after having... Uh, the problem that we had a few weeks ago on the highway, we try to be extra careful. I am always watching to see if anyone is coming up behind us, and when they pass, it can get to be very stressful. I have a four-door Chevy pickup, and it is a dark color. Some people are telling me to get rid of it, but I need to pick. Uh, I, but I need a pickup at times. The color of it does not matter now. Before the bad guys were only going after dark-colored pickups like mine. Now they just take any type of vehicle that they see. Please keep us in your prayers every day. 
This past Sunday, our church and other churches here in our city had a day of prayer. More than 4,000 people attended. It was, it was a very powerful time as we joined our faith in prayer for peace. Every church here has had someone kidnapped, robbed, or killed in the past month. We came together believing God for a miracle for Mexico. Just think about that. That's a missionary to Mexico. I uh, met with Dan Salas. Actually, I stayed at his house just a little while while we were down there. Many of you know him. Some of you don't. But he's a missionary to the Costa Rica area and to the uh, uh, Central America and so on. And uh, he actually just, he told me, he said that he always uh, wanted to drive from St. Louis to Costa Rica. So he did so. said it took him a little over two days to do it. And he said that crossing the Mexican, American-Mexican border was quite an experience. Now, this is a very experienced missionary. And uh, he said that he doesn't scare easy. But he said that he was, he was pretty concerned as he approached the border of Mexico. He said that people were telling him, you know, as he would stop for gas or whatnot, to turn back, turn back, don't go, don't go. And finally, he, uh, as he went along, he kind of met up with some other people on the road and they kind of took a convoy he said and went across the border and then went on down and he said he got he got several miles into Mexico and and then they were telling him to turn around and go back and and so uh, they pressed on but finally the uh, uh, there were folks there that that a blockade or something and said that you have to turn back because there's gunfire and whatnot so he turned back and then the next day they just pressed on in and just went on, but he said he saw several vehicles just abandoned side of the road, just shot up full of hole, bullet holes and whatnot. See, I mean, these are the kind of people um, that, that are, are giving their lives for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, the true heroes, uh, the true heroes of, of, of the church are these people that most people never know their names or know who they are. But they're given their lives. I know I met a couple that most of you have no clue. John and Shirley Sissel. He's the guy that was telling me about that widow maker in his shower. But see, they've given their lives. They're down there on the mission field for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. People like Dan Salas and, and people like the interpreter there, Rolando, him and his wife. They're, they're giving their lives on the mission field for the Lord Jesus. And, and, and uh, 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 actually, Rolando told me, he said, I was telling him, I said, these people drive like maniacs. And he said, oh, these are pretty safe here. He said, you should go to Panama sometime and see how they drive in Panama. But I'm just saying, you know, these people are giving their lives for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're willing to put their lives on the line. And so if you're going to go into missions and be serious about it, you better be ready to travel and you better be able to believe God for protection and so on and so forth. And then the final thing I want to share with you and then we'll dismiss that I learned on this mission trip was the importance of having partners. The importance of having partners. You, you see where the Apostle Paul talked again and again. How many of you, you've read the, the writings of the Apostle Paul and you've seen again and again how he put importance on partners and having people and his fellow laborers and his yoke fellows and his co-workers and he was always commending them and talking about how they 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 helped him and how they refreshed him and how important uh they were to him 
I can't imagine, you see, we went on this mission trip and we had people on the other end. We had this John and Shirley Sissel and we had Rolando and we had people on the other end to meet us at the airport, to take us around. They knew where they were going. They knew what restaurants to eat at and what restaurants not to eat at. They knew where the dangerous parts of town were and where to stay out of. And you know, But just think arriving over there if you don't have somebody on the other end. You're just kind of out there. And so I've gained a new appreciation for the importance of, of, of partners. And you know, as I study the Bible, I see as it pertains to reaching out with the gospel, I, I, I see that there's goers and there's senders as it pertains to reaching out with the gospel. And not everybody is called to go to foreign soil and preach, but we're all called to send. Can you say amen to that? Amen. We all should have a heartbeat for that and and like partners look at acts the ninth chapter in the 23rd verse we'll look at this very quickly i i had a a view of this that i've never seen before i know that uh uh look at this the apostle paul actually he had just gotten saved he you know went from being saul to being paul and acts 9 23 after many days were passed the jews plotted to kill him wow but their plot became known to Saul and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket. See, he put his life on the line for the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice partners. He had partners here. These disciples came and took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket and he escaped or his life would have been been he may well have been killed i remember just i was there in costa rica for three days but we're, we went from a thursday supposed to stay till tuesday and i was sound asleep i had just preached and and the ministry the power of god was strong and we had ministered and 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 and, and i i believe i was a blessing to that church the pastor got all charged up and he was excited and they're in the process of you saw that little church there that they have they're in the process of building a church and it's going to take them to get the whole thing done. It's going to take them about $100,000 to have a real first-class uh, uh, building there, you know. And, and, and so what I shared, he said it, it encouraged him to, to begin digging and start moving and so on. So I preached and I ministered and people were helped. And I was excited that God would just use me in that way. And, and uh, I was sleeping in the hotel. I just, you know how you get into one of those sound sleeps. And I hear this boom on the door and... I jumped and they said, you know, we, we've got to go back to the States. We've got to go back to the States. Now, it was just, it was because of pa the Pastor Terry House's wife. And thank God she's fine now. So I did, I wasn't making, an, I was making an emergency exit, but I wasn't making an exit, you know, that my life was in danger. But I thought about, it was, it kind of made me think of this with Paul, what he must have felt like, you know, leaving in the, in, at night, in the middle of the night. His life is on the line and we had to get in the, the vehicle and we had to drive through the rainforest over the big mountain through the rainforest at night. And they told me sometimes people go up there at night and they don't ever come back. <laughs> I 
And, and they said sometimes the clouds come down on that mountain. It's a big mountain. You drive through and then you go over to top and, and to get over to San Jose. And like I said, if there's a mudslide, you don't go across. And, 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 and I'm thinking, you know, they, Terry House told me, he said he's gone through there where you just couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. And I'm thinking, you know, people go up there at night, they don't come, come back, and now we're going to have to get across it. But you know, the night that I crossed it, it was clear as a bell. Thank God. Praise God. I don't know that I had anything to do with it, but I'm sure happy about it. But I thought about the Apostle Paul making an escape in the night, and it was, it was kind of an interesting thing to be driving through those mountains at night, you know, making an emergency exit. But it just, it, you know, it, it, what this did is it gave me a fresh view of what it's, of what it's like to be a, a missionary. And I've had people tell me about it before, but I've never experienced it for myself. But having partners is so important. And, uh, and like I said, we can't all be go, uh, goers, but we can all be senders. And so as I close, I want to just say this to you. What the Lord has put on my heart is this building that we, that we saw. I don't know if they can put that, that building up there, the outside of it. I don't know if they can do that. But see that building there off to the right of it. To the right of it, there's about 10 acres, I guess, more or less, that sits there that they want to build a, a nice facility there. And it's just on my heart that on Mission Sunday from now on, we want to, to just give monthly to that project to help them, okay? So I just want you to remember, we don't pressure anybody for money around here, but I just want you to, to, to pray and, and seek God as to what he would have you do monthly. He might have you put a put dollar a month toward it. He might have you put $5 a month to it. He might have you put $2 a month. He might have you put $10 a month. He might have you put 50 I don't know. But uh, see, I'll never stand up here and ask you to put money into this church. But for this, I'll stand up. Let's all get behind this, and, and let's help them and do our part. Can you say amen? Amen. And, and the Lord's been on my heart. I, I need to do more to keep missions up in front of us because, you see, we, we can't all be goers, but we can all be senders. And, and we've done a good job in the past, but we need to step it up a notch or two. Can you say amen? And then once that church gets established, then uh, Terry House is going to send me down along with my wife, and we're going to teach pastors down there. We're going to do pastors' meetings, and we're going to develop pastors and their wives. Amen. And so we're looking forward to that. All right. Did you get anything out of this today? Praise God. Well, I just want you to, 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 to let this sink down into your hearts, the importance of missions. And, and, and I want everyone in here, stand with me if you would. I want 